The following is a sermon from Christ Memorial Church. We are a multi-site church in the St. Louis area. We are compelled by two words, loved and sent. We believe everyone is loved deeply by God through His Son, Jesus Christ, and everyone is sent with great purpose wherever they go. You can find out more about us at cmstl.org or reliantchurch.org. Enjoy the following sermon. So time has been a strange thing to mark the past few weeks. Um, I imagine that for most of us, we are, we're kind of feeling a little disoriented. Our schedules have been disrupted. If you're like me, the days are short, but the weeks are long. If I think about the fact that it's only been a couple weeks since we've gathered together in worship, it actually feels like a lifetime since we've been together corporately in worship. So for me, the days have been short, but the weeks have been long. Um, if you, if you look back in your life of significant moments, I would guess that time is a little disoriented and disrupted for you. So if you think about significant moments in your life, so if you're married, maybe the, the day of your wedding or the week leading up to your wedding. Um, if, you, if you've had children, you're, you're the birth of your first child or second child or any child, is a, it's a time disruptor. Time either seems to, to go incredibly fast or it seems to slow down. Time is, time is flexible. It's not as easy as seconds and minutes and hours and days and weeks and months and years. It's not really that simple. Time is an interesting thing. And right now, we're living in a season where time has been seemingly disrupted in our lives. Certainly our schedules have been disrupted. And if you're like me, you might be a little disoriented. But Impactful events in our lives, impactful events in our lives especially, seem to disrupt time. And we're living in a moment that is impactful in all of our lives. And so time is being disrupted for us. So today begins Holy Week. Uh, Many of us think Palm Sunday, the children, they waved palm branches. Uh, I love Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday is one of my favorite Sundays of the entire church year. Today marks a a week, a very special and particular week in the church calendar. Um, It's a week that is uh, a period of Jesus's life that really focuses and narrows everything down to that. And in the Gospels, in the Gospels, time seems to stand still. And what I mean by that is the Gospel that was read just a little bit earlier was from Mark. So Mark, for instance, he takes 10 chapters to cover about 33 years. 10 chapters, 33 years. But then he takes the next five chapters to cover seven days. Five chapters to cover seven days. Time seems to to stop. It seems to to slow down. Um, if If you're a historian in the first century, the discipline of recording history is a little bit different than it is today. The focus was more on the what of when things happened, not the, not the timeline. It was about the, the events that occurred, not so much when it happened. But the gospel writers, they slow down at Holy Week and they focus both on the what and the when. They focus on both of those at the same time. And so these events 2,000 years ago, um, 
we're going to take a look at the, the first few days of, of Holy Week. We're going to take a, take a look at those first few days and what those first few days mean for us today in these moments, in this disrupted time that we're living in today. You guys remember road trips? Road trips? I, I long for road trips. I long for road trips. There's nothing more freeing for me than getting on the open road and going on vacation uh, to visit family or, or to visit um, a special place that, that you've been looking forward to. Uh, it is the quintessential summer event, road trips. And on road trips, there's, there's two types of people. There's the stop and smell the roses kind of person, and that was my dad. My dad did not care how long it took to get to a destination. All that he cared about was what we could see along the way. I have seen more Civil War sites than the average American. My sister has seen more parking lots of Civil War sites than the average American because she always refused to get out of the car. My dad was a stop and smell the roses kind of road trip guy. But the other type of road trip person is the just get to the destination. Restrooms, what are restrooms? You can hold it. It's not about the journey, it's about the destination. And that's the type of person that Jesus was when it came to getting to Jerusalem. Scripture tells us that Jesus had set his face like flint toward Jerusalem. That means that there was nothing that was going to stop him. There was nothing that was going to stop Jesus from getting into Jerusalem because he had a mission and he had a mission that he needed to accomplish. The disciples could hold it and he was going to get there. So it's Sunday. It's, uh, it's the beginning of Passover, the, the highest point in the Jewish religious calendar. And Jerusalem, the town that they were headed to, was swelling with people who were on a road trip to get there. And as Jesus enters into Jerusalem, he does so on a donkey. And he does that intentionally because that's exactly the type of animal that the Jews would be looking for, for their Messiah to ride in to Jerusalem on. And so as they see Jesus ride into Jerusalem on a donkey, people begin to, to wave palm branches and they begin to get their cloaks and lay them down on the road. And they begin to shout, Lord, save us. Or in Greek, Hosanna. Hosanna. And Jesus did this on purpose. He did this because he wanted everyone to know without a doubt that he is the king that they've been waiting for. He did it with purpose and with intentionality. He rides in on Sunday as a king. So it's Monday and Jesus goes into the temple, the heart of the action. Uh, he goes into the temple and he does the most un-Jesus thing that we could think of. He goes and he starts to, to clear the temple or to cleanse the temple. He takes the, the tables from the money changers and he tips them over. And he even fashions a whip, which I'm super impressed with. He fashions a whip right there on the spot and he starts to drive out the money changers in the temple. And he clears the temple and he does it for two reasons. He does it for two reasons. First of all, the area where the people had set up the buying and the selling and the merchandise, it was the area where the non-Jews were able to come and to get closer to God. So they were preventing those who wanted to see God and get close to God and get near him. They were preventing them from getting close to God. And Jesus was saying, access is now open to God. Access is open to him and it will not be denied. The second thing that Jesus was saying 
is that there is a better temple. This temple, its time is over. And there is a better temple, and that temple is here in the flesh. It's not built by stones made by human hands, but instead it's God in flesh come to redeem mankind. He went into the temple and he acted like he owned the place because he did. And so Jesus clears the temple on Monday. So it's Tuesday, and after Jesus has done all this, uh, he decides to, to teach the crowds uh, his fame as a, as a teacher and a rabbi is, has grown significantly by this point. People know who he is. And he begins to teach the crowds that have flooded into the city for Passover. And as they begin to, to crowd around him, he begins to teach them that they, they can't trust the religious leaders. He begins to, to teach them that the, the people of God, the Israelites, the Jews, they have always killed the true prophets like him. And he was teaching that who the religious leaders said did not deserve the blessing of God, the grace of God, are the exact people who will receive it. And he says these things, these shocking things, in public, to the crowds, in front of the religious leaders, and in that very moment, they begin to plot how they are going to kill him because they fear him and because they hate him. And it's only Tuesday. Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday of Holy Week... They serve to reveal to us a, a profound truth that we need to know today. We need to know this today, where we sit in the moment in history that we're in today. We need to know this truth that Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday of Holy Week show us. And it's this. Jesus is king, and Jesus is in control. Jesus is king, and Jesus is in control. It's exactly why Jesus enters into Jerusalem and he, he does the things that he does. Everything that Jesus does that week, he desires for it to happen. He goes in and he rides in on a donkey like the Messiah would do. And he did that on purpose. He goes in and he cleanses the temple and clears it and acts like he owns the place because he does. He goes and, and he teaches a bold message because he is the mouthpiece of God. He is the son of God. He does it on purpose. He does it intentionally, and he is in control. And that's important for us to know because later on in the week, it's going to look like that Jesus is not in control. It's going to look like that Jesus is weak. It's going to look like that, that Jesus is abused. It's going to look like that Jesus is betrayed. It's going to look like that Jesus is oppressed. It's going to look like that Jesus is arrested unjustly and even executed. Jesus is going to look weak and out of control in the coming days. But it's important for us to remember that Jesus is king and Jesus is in control. Through all of it, he is in control. So it's Wednesday, and by now everyone is waiting to see what Jesus will do. And on Wednesday, uh, Jesus actually retreats with his disciples and he goes uh, to a town just outside of Jerusalem called Bethany and into a home of a man named Simon. And you might remember this especially if you're a member of Christ Memorial and Reliant. You've been with us uh, throughout this series because we talked about this incident. We talked about this moment in Scripture earlier on in our series. So they're sitting in this home, and there's a woman who comes in, and she takes this alabaster glass of, uh, of oil, nard oil, very expensive, and she breaks it open so that there's no putting it back in, and she anoints Jesus. And for some in the room, they become indignant at this act. 
But in first century Palestine, there's, there's really only two reasons why you would anoint someone with expensive perfume and, and oil like that. There's only two reasons. First of all, if you were being set apart, if you were being consecrated, if you were a priest or a king being set aside for the task and the job that God has for you. The second reason that you would anoint someone with oil like this is if they were dead and you were burying them. And Jesus says that she has done this to anoint me for my burial. Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday tell us that Jesus is king and Jesus is in control. But what Wednesday shows us, Wednesday shows us the type of king that Jesus is. Wednesday shows us that Jesus is the type of king that will give up everything so that we can gain everything. That he will even lose his life so that you and I can gain life. So if Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday tell us that Jesus is king and Jesus is in control, Wednesday reveals to us the type of king that we have. Not a king who hoards things for himself, but a king who gives everything for those who are in his kingdom. So it's Thursday and it's the Passover. And Jesus gathers with his disciples to celebrate the Passover feast. Um, It's the annual remembrance uh, and the retelling and the reenactment of the Exodus story of Yahweh bringing the Israelites, Israelites out of bondage to slavery in Egypt. Just a little refresher. And they would do this every single year. And they would not only tell the story, but, but they, would, they would live it out in a sense. They would sacrifice the perfect lamb, they would eat the bitter herb, and they would share this meal together. And so Jesus, when he gathers with his disciples, he takes this meal that these, these good Jewish men have celebrated year after year after year, and he completely reorients it. And instead of this celebration now being about a salvation for God's people hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago, it is now about the salvation that Jesus will bring on Friday. And he reorients this meal back to himself. And he says, you see this bread here? This bread is my body, which is broken for you. And this, this cup, this cup of wine, this wine is my blood which is shed for you, a new covenant in my blood. And what Thursday reveals to us is the nature of Jesus's kingdom. Because if you listen every week, as we speak the words of institution, as the pastor speaks the words of institution, we say these words on the night when Jesus was betrayed. Because around that table with Jesus on that Thursday was Judas, the one who betrayed him. And on the night when he was betrayed, that's when Jesus takes this meal and reorients it to himself. So in the midst of betrayal, in the midst of backstabbing, in the midst of our own sin and brokenness and failure, Jesus's grace and mercy and forgiveness comes to us. His body broken for us, his blood shed for us. Not when we've cleaned it up and we've gotten our act together and we're all perfect, but on the night when he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it and he took a cup and he gave it his body broken, his blood shed for you and for me. That is the nature of his kingdom. So if, if that's what happened over the course of, of several days, 2,000 years ago, what does that mean for us today? That's the, that's the million dollar question. What does that mean for us today? What does that mean for us today, sheltered in place? What does that mean for us today, um, keeping our social distance from one another? What does that mean for us today who are are scared and uncertain of what tomorrow brings? What does that mean for us today for those of us who don't know when we can see our loved ones again or when we can hold them? What does it mean for us today? 
If you're listening to this today and trust in the Lord has become a difficult thing for you, if you're listening to this today or watching this today and you're weary or you're feeling vulnerable, you're feeling worn out by the circumstances that we find ourselves in today, if this pandemic has shaken you and you don't know what tomorrow holds and your world has been turned upside down, this is what you need to know. And this is why those few days 2,000 years ago matter for you. This is what you need to know. It's that today, for you, God can be trusted in the middle of your struggle. God can be trusted in the middle of your struggle because he has taken all of that upon himself already. There is nothing that you have experienced or will experience that Jesus hasn't already taken upon himself and redeemed. He knows the full weight of everything that you are experiencing today in this moment. Jesus knows. Jesus has been there. And Jesus is redeeming it. I don't know why, but I do know who. I do know that the king is still in control. That the king is still for you, giving everything that he has for your sake. And that in this moment right now, that he is there for you in the midst of it all. Sometimes God allows things that he hates to accomplish the things that he loves. Sometimes God allows things that he hates in order to accomplish the things that he loves. And there is always, always purpose in our pain because there was purpose in his pain. So I don't know where you find yourself today. If faith is difficult or wavering or faltering, but Jesus is king and Jesus is in control. And he is a good king that sacrifices everything for you. And his kingdom is a kingdom of love and mercy and grace that is never ending. Time has a a funny way about it. It's been very difficult to mark time over the past few weeks. I am disoriented, but I want you to know today that whatever your week holds before you, that the most important week has already happened, that Jesus has come for you, that his life and his death and his resurrection is for you, that whatever these few days ahead or months ahead have for you, that God is holding them in his hands. And we have a king who will sacrifice and serve you. We have a king who will be there for you and give himself for you. And we have a king who has undeserved mercy and grace and is offering it to you today. And so as we, as we close, I want you to know that tomorrow you can get up and you can say with absolute certainty that I trust you, Jesus, and you take one step in front of the next. And you do what God has called you to in that moment. And you trust him in that moment. And then you trust him in the next moment, each day at a time. Because Jesus is king and Jesus is in control. And he is ruling and reigning even in these moments today. Thank you again for listening to the sermon from Christ Memorial. If you happen to be in St. Louis or live in St. Louis, we would love to meet you and have you join us for worship on Sunday. We are located in South County, St. Louis at 5252 South Lindbergh. We also have a city site called Reliant that is located on the St. Louis University Medical Campus in Crave Coffee House. You can find all of our worship times and information at cmstl.org or reliantchurch.org. Hope you have a good day. And remember, you are loved by God deeply through his son, Jesus Christ, and you are sent with great purpose wherever you go. Have a good day.